1: Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790. The Ticket Tobin here with you as the next hour we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. I want to start off with this story uh, that, that came from The Athletic this week. And it was a story surrounding Canelo Alvarez and DAZN. And that the fact that Canelo Alvarez is now threatening to sit out in 2020 because DeZone is offering. They're at a standstill about how much he is supposed to get for these, uh, for this next fight. Now, does we, we talked about this recently with the is that they made, uh, a big leap in how much they were charging their customers. After they came out of the fence, they came out of the gate swinging with how much they were offering big time fighters, but obviously the Canelo Alvarez deal, that was like the cherry on top. And What happened was, is that, you know, according to the athletic, that that golden boy, they promised to deliver two Canelo events annually with one against a premier opponent, which was supposed to be at his own sole discretion. Um, you know, and in their mind, that'd be somebody like Gennady Golovkin, you know, and that was probably the idea when they signed Golovkin, that was the idea that they were going to get the trilogy fight between those guys. That's always been big business. There's been a lot of controversy. But obviously, you know those two have had heated back and forths. Canelo Alvarez is not fond of Gennady, so they've gone in other directions. And really, like his fights that have been on his zone have been pretty trash. Rocky Fielding, Sergey Kovalev, Danny Jacobs was was good, but it definitely would have been better, I think, a little bit earlier. But it's a good fight. I like I like Daniel Jacobs as a fighter. Um You know, but it's not, you know, I don't think it's, this deal for DAZN definitely probably hasn't been what it was. And if you've seen some of the names that have been kicked around in the recent uh, weeks for, you know, Canelo's next opponent, it's like, you know, if you could get Billy Joe Saunders, obviously that would be fantastic. I think that's probably the name most people would want to see. If you could get one of the Charlo brothers to somehow jump ship, something like that. Oh, I don't know if you could fight Demetrius Andrade, who's a middleweight champion under their umbrella. If they could do something in that regard, that would be great. Except, you know, there's dudes you've never heard of who he's going to the WBC to make his mandatory and all that type of stuff. So Dezone is pissed. And so for the next fight, they basically offered him half of his guarantee. Um, The report was, this is from Mike Coppinger. It says DeZone went and they offered him about 17 and a half million which I don't know if anybody in boxing is making that today like don't get me wrong but it's half of his guarantee uh, for what was a proposed matchup with Kalyn Smith uh, the parties are at an impasse Alvarez is seeking his full guarantee and is unwilling to concede now there's a couple things um I, I can see the frustration from Dezone um from the standpoint of come on bro like what are we doing here like we we did sign into this monster deal and who who are you fighting here you know like what are we doing for Callum Callum Smith you know like no well, we're not paying you 35 million dollars for that um so I get it from the zone standpoint the thing that pisses me off personally as a fan and why I find all of this subscription stuff a little bit rough as far as, you're forking over all this dough just for boxing and yet you know they, they act like you're doing it a favor because you get to see canelo Alvarez for twenty dollars a month and what I would say to that for for you know to the to the boxing fan is like you're not doing anybody a favor to watch a famous guy fight somebody who's not in his league competition wise you know not every fight just because every fight since you've you know been blue in the face has cost you fifty dollars does not mean that every fight is worth fifty dollars. Uh, and now even going up to $75, $60, it's just what we've been told is the price. So now you're even being told, Oh, it's a bargain. You know, you're paying $40, you know, you go two months by, you're paying, you know, that's 40 bucks, but you haven't been given any good fights. And this is a platform, quite frankly, that really doesn't offer you anything outside of boxing. And I'm sure for the hardcore fans, it's good. But if, you know, you can watch a whole card on ESPN and it's, a quarter of the price and do you re- like are you really saying to zone stuff is that much better i don't know as somebody who uh consumes a lot of the sport i'm not rushing to to pay the extra twenty dollars to watch them on their on their platform but you could i you could see that this was probably coming a mile away there's been so much talk and and and, and there's been so much drama that has gone on with this next uh this next canelo alvarez opponent and you know it was funny you know oscar goes and he and he tweeted out this thing the other day where he was like is if there was ever a time boxing could uh could use their star because it's so thirsting for ratings it was like that's boxing's fault oscar like i don't know what to tell you you could throw canelo alvarez on there and yeah, you're gonna get more people to watch, but you're not gonna you're not gonna knock the socks off of what you think that's gonna be just because, um, you know, just because Canelo Alvarez fighting. I guarantee you that the lineup that Showtime has going on is a much better bang for a boxing fan's buck between all the guys they got on PBC that are fighting. Uh, plus, you get Showtime, which you know has a lot of great content besides you know whatever it is on. So maybe you could say, ah, I mean, if you're the hardcore, the hardcore and you're watching you know the pre-prelims all the way through i'm sure there are fan. look i'm sure there are hardcore fans that buy dazone espn plus showtime uh maybe even still have hbo cuz they're holding out hope they'll get back in the game premier boxing champions on fox i'm sure they're doing all of that um but the, the one thing i will say with this contract thing is you know if, if this is a ploy for the zone to get them to fight better opponents, I'm for it. If they know, though, that, um, you know, Canelo's already skipped one of his dates. So if you're in a position where you think, hey, you're supposed to give us two fights a year, one's supposed to be our choice. You skipped one one because of a pandemic, fine. Then we want this one to be an absolute monster. If you're fighting Cam Smith, we don't find that to be, um, you know, to the best of our interest. And so you're gonna make seventeen million dollars. Uh, this is what I would say though to the zone. If this is the case, and you're giving half, you know, Canelo half the price uh, that he is getting, uh, you should tell your customers they should get to pay half the price. I gotta be honest with you. Like if this is the tactics that we're going down to, you know, make if you're if you're footing the bill for Canelo Alvarez, right? And that is the the main reason why the money went up the way that it did um then please do us all a favor and 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 slash some prices man give us a give us a deal make something go down because you know you just you're just not getting your money's worth when it comes to this network the funny thing though is um there's been so much drama between you know canelo alvarez and this whole idea of him picking an opponents um You wonder what the future is going to be here, man, because this is one of those things where we we haven't we haven't really gotten to see how all the subscription stuff goes to fruition. ESPN Plus seems like it's been a pretty big success because not only first of all, boxing is um, the B platform. It's the B product on there like ESPN Plus, the big entity that they have there is UFC and that's just that. You know, it's the gateway to their pay-per-views. It's their exclusive holder of pay-per-views. Like, that is the bread and butter. So, boxing kind of just coming along for the ride on that. It's not being carried by boxing. Even though there's, you know, there's still some good top-ranked talent. And I like a lot of the fighters that top rank has. And, um, you know, I, too, would like to see Terrence Crawford, Tiafema Lopez, Vasily Lomachenko, um, Tyson Fury, all these guys fight more. But... You know, they're doing their thing at a reasonable price. What is it now? $7.99? You know, I think it's upped a little bit from the original $5 that it was, but that's a reasonable bump. Okay, hey, guys, you've had ESPN Plus for two years now. We're going to up it a couple of bucks, just like Netflix did. But Zone, they hooked all these people and were just like, bam, $20 a month next year. Sorry. Um, more from the report. Zone hadn't yet signed Triple G when it added Canelo as the face of their streaming platform, but it already had designs of matching the middleweights for a third time. With a promise to kill pay per view model, DAZN officials had hoped that a caliber uh, event, the caliber of Canal Triple G, would convince sports fans to subscribe, stick around for the rest of its events. Um, and after all, the first encounter between the stars pulled around 1.3. The rematch generated 1.1, which, by the way, isn't that great that the rematch did worse. Um, five months after signing Alvarez, DeZone locked up the other half of the equation, signing a six fight deal. Yet 18 months later, Canelo and Triple G still isn't scheduled, leaving the zone. Officials frustrated with Golden Boy's uh, inability to deliver the fight and live up to its contract. Um, That agreement, sources says, uses Golovkin as an example of a premier opponent. Furthermore, De La Hoya and company verbally expressed, per sources, that Canelo Triple G would be an easy fight to finalize once Golovkin was indeed signed to the platform's. But Canelo rebuffed attempt to finalize the trilogy, unwilling to grant his bitter rival the chance of revenge. It seemed that he was well within his rights to refuse the rematch Triple G, uh, and there's been no such language in Canelo's agreement with Golden Boy that dictates whom he must fight to the serious point of friction with DAZN. Uh To date, Team Canelo has never reviewed Golden Boy's cra- contract with DAZN, and attempts to by the fighter's side to obtain a copy have been stonewalled. That's funny. Um... Golden Boys' five-year deal with DeZone calls for a minimum of five events annually, 10 maximum, excluding Canelo, including the rights deal. Dzone pays them approximately 17 million per year for those non-Canelo bouts. So, you know, look, it's not surprising. Uh it's one of those things. Uh DAZN, this is the uh this is the interesting one because I would say the only one that I would say of his decent uh, opponents has been Jacobs, is what it says. DeZone never signed off on Jacobs who earned about a $10 million as a premier foe. Uh, but that was okay, since Golden Boy only had to deliver one such fight per year. When the zone officials pushed for Canal Triple G in the fall, Alvarez showed no interest in finding Golovkin. He dug in, used his leverage, uh, and completed after the deal could not be completed to fight his mandatory challenge, Dervuchenko. September dates fell apart. So... Look, man, it's uh it's not a great look. Uh DeZone's in a bad spot right now, I would say. The other thing is you have uh Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury on the horizon. And look, you're gonna want to do that fight on pay-per-view. You're not gonna want to do it on streaming, let's just be honest. And um, you know, I don't know I'm not gonna act here like I know what Anthony Joshua's deal is with uh with DeZone. But I would—it's more likely with Matchroom and all that type of stuff. I would venture to guess that the—you know—that's going to still be on pay-per-view. And then what are you getting as far as a DAZN fighter, as far as a, as a, as a DAZN subscriber, you know, for the price that you have to pay? Look, ten dollars a month. I know this seems like you know, you know, you're stickling Like, there's a big difference between—it's uh, twice the price for for a product that is not worth it it's not and you know they and they they make it seem like you should be thankful that we even have Canelo and Anthony Joshua it's like look guys there's a lot of combat sports out there and I like to watch competitive versions and I've seen Canelo I'm not this isn't a knock on Canelo because look Canelo's taking on some big challenges in his career but right now um you know this idea that they can't lock anybody in to fight Canelo Alvarez with, uh, you know, with this upcoming bout is pretty crazy. And I get it's not that I don't just underst- uh, get Dzoun's frustration. Like this is what they paid him for. They paid him to be the entity that was going to carry them to destroy pay per view boxing. It's not working. It's not working because you know. We've because even the fighters that you do have there, you can't even uh, you can't even get uh, a a situation. So it's uh, it's weird. Uh, according to this report too, it says he settled on uh, Billy Joe Saunders, but at this time the zone dug in. They would have approved of the fight on the condition that Alvarez signed off to sign uh, the long way to deal with Golovkin. Well, that's the other side to this too. Um, it's not. Canelo's problem that they have a big contract too with Golovkin and that they want Golovkin obviously to fight Canelo. That's not Canelo's problem. Um you know, but we're we're in a spot where um it's also it's also the, the problem that DAZN probably didn't realize is you thought that the fight was going to be easy to deliver. The, the there's no real incentive uh, I would say for Canelo to take the fight against Golovkin because there's no pay per view points anymore. You know, there's nothing, there's no number that he has to deliver. You he has a 35 million dollar guarantee. So why is he going to fight Canelo Alv- uh Why is Canelo going to fight Triple G when he doesn't have to? Like you already have this deal in place. Um, but offering him half the money, like the only thing I would say to that to the zone that kind of sucks is like. what's the difference you you know the only people you know when I hear these numbers that are getting um you know sliced and diced from promoters to making these fights happen a lot of the times I can understand it because okay live gate's not there no live gate you know can't put together the big matchups or we want to hold back on the big matchups because we want an audience to go see them um but I don't know what that has to do with the zone. Like the zone is a TV network, so you want more people at home. I would assume more people at home watching Canelo Alvarez on your streaming platform. So it's an interesting spot, man. Um, I got to be honest with you. I don't think the future is that bright for the zone. I get you know, I've as a guy who had their product, thought it wasn't great, seen how tough it has been for them to run the business now you know i know they got a, a very experienced man in john skipper as uh, a guy who's run the worldwide leader in sports before but the problem with this is you know john skipper kind of made his bones of buying up all these live sports entities and i don't know what you get at Dizone. you get a, a baseball highlight show darts and sea level boxing you know and and so he knows the value of having to have must-see sporting events on his network, but there's nothing to go by. You know, there's 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 just nothing out there. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we we'll get to a little bit of UFC from last night. Alistair Overeem getting himself a win, um, staying relevant, and this, uh, this maybe twilight run for the Ream. We'll get to that next. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury rolls on this Sunday morning here on The Ticket. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Obviously, we have a big game coming up tonight, too. You have Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. Hope everybody has their brooms, their fabuloso, their mops out as the Heat look to complete the sweep of the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. 3.30 tip-off from the bubble. That means we will get you going at 2.15 today. Jonathan Zaslow. And Tommy Tag will have you covered, getting you ready for what could be, I mean, just an absolute monster day for the Miami sports. Think about the week that we could have going into this, man. We could be talking about your Miami Heat taking out the Milwaukee Bucks, even if it's not today, which it will be. Uh, it'll be this week. Canes are opening up. Dolphins opening up. Marlins in the swing of things. I mean, this is, I mean, we we missed this so damn much. It is, it is great to have all this back. But yeah. Check that out today, guys. 3.30, you have the tip-off. Zaslow and Tommy Tag will get you going at 2.15 with the Miami Heat pregame show. Have it all tuned here for the ticket. Mike Inglis, Ruth Riley Hunter will have your call. Of course, they will be calling it from American Airlines Arena. He will be balling out from the bubble. So stay tuned for that later on today. Meanwhile, uh, we had UFC action last night. Now, this one... COVID took a hatchet to this one. A lot of missed fights. Only ended up being like nine bouts, which was appreciated from the standpoint of, you know, we got done by around 11 15. Um, main event was Alistair Overeem taking on Augusto Sakai, which was a top 10 matchup. You had Reem number five, you have uh, Sakai, he's number eight. And Sakai, twenty-nine years old, really taking a big step up, would have been the biggest win on his resume. And you have Alistair Overeem, who the, the, you know the talks around all this. This is his last run. This is going to be you know if he can't get it done here, maybe we won't hear from Alistair Overeem anymore. And so, this is uh, this was a great. This is you know this is a, a fun little matchup. And I think you saw the veteranness of Overeem take over in this fight and out with Sakai and how this was all going. It looked like Sakai was putting it on Alistair Overeem early on. Uh and it's funny, man, you you know, you I watch Alistair and I'm looking at this I'm just like, man, I missed the ream. You know, I miss I miss like the Barry Bonds ream. Um but it was a smart plan. You know, he's so good uh at striking. He's and he's he's become pretty well rounded. And and I think that's one of the things is you can just see him find the holes in everybody's games to try and, and go and get himself a win. And, you know, we're talking right now, if this guy doesn't have a huge slip up against Josino you know, Rosenstrike, he's in the midst of a five fight win streak. Um, and if that's the case, you know, you're also talking about a guy in Rosenstrike who may, I guess he probably wouldn't be ranked as high as he is now, but, uh, but re would be in a good spot if it wasn't getting his face obliterated like that. And that's the problem. You know, you look at, his his problem right now in the title hunt uh and we'll get to his pro- his performance in a second is all the guys on top of him have basically beaten him that's where that's that's the problem he faces right now in this next title run i guess the one thing that you could say is going for him is uh he hasn't fought stepe in a while so you know maybe they you know maybe stepe thinks that's you know something you know that could be a thing you know that They could uh, they could make happen, but uh, I don't know. I remember the negotiations for that one being a little bit dicey too. I think the first time they uh, they went around, but anywho, uh, you know Sakai was putting it up against. I thought that uh, in the clinch work, it looked like Sakai was getting the better of it early on. He was really hitting me with some some heavy stuff. A lot of output from him, you know. So maybe it seemed like uh, Augusto was uh, was You know, tapping himself out a little bit from from uh, output, and that was uh, was slowing him down somewhat. Overeem on this on on his side, you know, he he always seemed like from the second round on found a window to really turn the round in his favor. So even though maybe the more vicious strikes were going to be from Sakai, it wasn't in the volume that maybe it needed, and. You know, then we get to the third, you know, we get to the, to ourselves in the third and fourth round and it, it was, it was a bludgeoning. Like it was one of those things where Alistair Overeem goes out there and he is, uh, he's really starting to open up and now he's look at the other thing is he's taking some punishment himself. He's cut up. He's, uh, he's beat up a little bit. Um, and you know, he's, he's gotta deal with this. he's got a hematoma on the side of his head. Starting to get cut by the middle of it, so he's got blood coming down his side. But he ends up getting this trip on Sakai, puts him on the canvas in the fourth round, and he ends this round. It's arguable that it could have been stopped. It was that kind of, uh, it was that kind of bloody. Um, and once the round was over, Sakai didn't even want to get up. Like he was like, I am done for uh I think I think Alistair actually even even offered his hand to help him up that's how tired he was from what they had fourth in that matchup but look it was one of those things where uh you know they go for the fifth round just a matter of time this guy had nothing left and Alistair Overeem puts himself in you know a good position a good position now the interesting one is where does he go from here I think the obvious matchup that they got to go to to be honest with you Although I did say that this guy, uh, I could see them going a bunch of directions with this guy. I think the obvious matchup has to be that they got to go with uh, that they got to go with um, with Derek Lewis. Like Derek Lewis, for some reason was sitting here and he was taunting over him as the fight was going on. He kept giving every round to Sakai on Twitter. I don't know what the deal was there, but um, you know, I think that's a that's a fun fight. Those guys definitely definitely. Worthy of headlining a, a fight night and and being a main event, I think that people would definitely tune into. Um, it's not the fight I actually. It's not the fight I want most for Derek Lewis. The fight I want you know Derek Lewis to fight the most is I want him to fight uh, Rosenstrike, and then Curtis Blades is kind of just sitting out here waiting in the wings and he's waiting for you know his title shot, which he's also you know very much deserving of. There's not much more else for him to prove. The only problem with Curtis is. You know, the guy who's up in front of you has whooped your ass twice uh, and has done it very, very convincingly. So there's no talks of you cutting line. The only thing that really helps Curtis is Steve is not that keen on fighting Francis, but I don't think he's really going to have a say in this. Like Francis deserves the shot. That's just that. And, you know, it's not like, you know, Bay has had the belt. He's the most decorated champion they've ever had, but. You know, he's not like this monster star who I think can throw his weight around. So I refuse to fight that guy. You know, he didn't want to fight Daniel Cormier again, and they did that. So I, um, I firmly believe they're gonna they're, they're gonna do Francis versus Stipe. Um, what does that mean for Chris Blades? I don't know. What you know? I, I would say that. You know, do you put Reem in there with a guy that he's already lost to? Uh, i don't know doesn't you know I, I i would try and make the 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 stand-up matchups for Reem because i think they're as fun as, as as they possibly could be you know he did get beat up pretty bad by curtis blades i don't think you do, you run that back um so you now there is argument to do him versus rosen strike again if they wanted to go in that direction so if you went you know if you wanted to go in the direction of Rosenstrike versus Overeem that that Rosenstrike won on a fluke. That that's that's a possibility. I think that they could run that back. Um you know and, and I think if Rosenstrike beats him worse, you know, you're beating a top 5 guy again in Overeem. Uh, I it, it's it's a level win. I don't think it goes much of anywhere for anything. And then uh you know, do you do Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis? That's a possibility too. Um Probably the ones that make the most sense. And then I guess you gotta throw the wild card of John in this, but I've been firm on this. I think when John comes up, he deserves to fight for the for the heavyweight belt. It's a little bit of a cluster, but I will say, um, you know, they have good contenders there. I would like to see, you know, Rosenstrike get himself in position again to to compete uh with somebody. You know, Rosenstrike too is gonna be in this weird spot where if Francis becomes the champion uh, eventually. It's gonna be tough for Rosenstreich to be up in that regard. It's gonna be tough for a lot of guys, quite frankly, if Francis wins the belt. You know, I know that they want Francis to be champion. Um but it's gonna be tough to find matchups that are compelling for him because he has beaten the holy hell out of Curtis Blades. He has beaten the holy hell out of Rosenstrike. Uh Derek Lewis is probably in that spot. See if I'm Derek and maybe Derek is looking at this from the standpoint of he thinks he has an easier fight against ream than he does against uh, Jorginho, because is a little bit more dangerous from the one-strike standpoint of uh, than Overeem is these days. You know, Overeem's a little bit more of a tactician. He isn't, you know, the 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 juiced-up assassin that he used to be. So that's a possibility. Maybe Derek Lewis looks at that matchup and thinks, a little less risk of fighting Overeem, and I can still find some spots to hit him and knock him out. So maybe that's why he was taunting so much during the fight tonight. So... If that's the case, then maybe you do uh, Rosenstrike versus Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis versus Overeem. That way, if you have Derek Lewis coming on top and Rosenstrike coming on top, compelling matchup because, um, you know, you haven't seen that. Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, haven't seen that. Uh, Overeem versus Rosenstrike, still compelling because Overeem has, you know, the thought that you know he only lost on a Hail Mary only real stinker that really comes out of all of that is Alistair versus Curtis because of how bad Curtis beat him but look man we're gonna end up doing Francis versus Stipe and Stipe beat the beat the brakes off of uh of uh Francis Ganu. so that's 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 that with that you know um but I, the only good thing you could say about heavyweight is it's got a lot of good contenders there's there's a lot of there's been a lot of parody i would say um so that's been fun and that's i think the one thing with heavyweight mma is it really can go anywhere i know we just saw this with him versus we saw this with steve versus dc you know dc knocked him out in the first round and then you know seemingly was on his way to another victory ended up losing late you know and then the next fight you know won a, a pretty easy decision to uh for Steve. it went three different ways but there was a, it was very competitive and you know Francis looked game in the first round against Stebe we haven't really seen him be pressed since other than the Derek Lewis fiasco you know so is there a shot that he catches or something with Stebe this time that puts him out absolutely Um, and, and, and same goes for if Overeem were to get a shot at Curtis blades, is there a shot that Overeem can find a way to go win? Absolutely. Uh, and I think that a lot of these matchups could go different ways. So this division more so than any, um, the rematches, I think bring forth a little bit more interest, but there's still some ways to finagle this top five where you don't have to make it so repetitive. There can be some different ways to go. We'll take a quick break here on fighters fury. We'll give you a little bit more from the card and some news from the week. We're back after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's Fighters Fury here on Seven Night of the Ticket. As this Sunday rolls on, let's get to some of the news of the week that we had going on in the fight world. We got the announcement that Fight Island, Fight Island is real, and it's coming back. Uh, UFC is going to be back at Abu Dhabi for Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa for their uh, championship fight, which is coming up. You got uh, you got some other events that they got coming up for. Uh, Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie is going to be on October 17th. So we got they'll be be back officially on September 26th, and they will have on October 3rd. Holly Holm will be back. You'll have uh, one announce one fight coming up on October 10th. They haven't announced the main event yet. Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie will be the week after that on October 17th, and then Habib versus Justin Gaethje. For the lightweight championship will be October twenty fourth. That's my birthday week. Great birthday present for me. I can't wait for that one. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. We got a we got a fun month coming up, man. As far as the fights are concerned, boxing MMA is uh, is all kind of coming into the fold. Uh, this also coming up, we have uh, coming up in a week's time. Uh, Bare Knuckle FC will be back, and you have Tiago Alves. He is now going to be fighting Julian Lane after Phil Baroni pulled out of the fight. So that'll be interesting. You know, we just had Tiago on a couple of weeks ago for his uh, you know his debut press conference, even though it was a little bit overshadowed by obviously them signing Paige Van Zant. But BKFC twelve will be headlined by him and it is going to be exclusively on the bare knuckle TV app. So you'll be able to check that out. Um Speaking of zone I think they were Supposed to close Some deal with the Is that what the President told us Recently Either way It'll be on uh, September 11th So that is Going to be What is that Is that next Thursday Officially I'm gonna tell you It's gonna be hard times You guys are putting That on the uh, The opening night Of No it's next Friday Next Friday Which Let's see Let's see Today we got Basketball Tuesday we theoretically Have basketball If it got extended Uh uh, so there wouldn't be heat basketball that day. There's not going to be canes. All right, so Friday's a good night for for, for combat next week. I'll be in on that uh, boys from BKFC. Just need to make sure it's a very busy schedule right now. Like I wanted to get down to uh, Titan FC last week. Just too much stuff was up in the air, man. Like I couldn't commit to going because I didn't know when Heat Bucks was going to be down. I didn't know, you know. Don't forget there was also the 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 stoppage in play with uh you know with the the with the NBA, so it kind of threw everything up in a, in a monkey wrench, but either way, September 11th, next week, BKFC, you now have Tiago Alves, he is going to fight in Julian Lane in the main event, and I believe, isn't Hector supposed to be on the card as well? I just want to make sure that I have this, uh, pretty sure, because Hector was like really fired up about fighting on September 11th, so I think Hector Lombard's going to be on that card as well, not the debut of Paige Van Zandt, uh, that's expected to be later this year, but uh, Tiago Alves in, in BKFC should be good. And I think I sh- I'm, I'm, I'm 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 I know that Hector wants to put on I think a better performance than he did in his BKFC debut as well. So we got that coming up for you. It should be uh, it should be an exciting one for sure. It was interesting too, you know, when we talked to uh, BKFC about this. Uh, their president David Feldman. And he was saying what a big deal it was to have Paige sign with them because, you know, people knew that, like, they had money um, and that it was, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the Tyson thing when they went out and gave Tyson the offer of $20 million, like, it was actually a legit offer that they, they are trying to make some waves here. And there was the news this week that Brock Lesnar is a free agent at the moment for his WWE deal. And, uh, you know, they put out the little gif of, uh, you know, DiCaprio and Django where he's like, oh, you now have my curiosity. So I haven't heard any rumors about them uh, offering Brock Lesnar any money, but uh, that'd be something if they offered Brock Lesnar uh, a ton of dough. I think that would be a huge event, to be honest with you. I don't know. Brock, Brock going anywhere, I think, will be a monster one. To be honest, uh, when I heard the news of Brock Lesnar, I, you know, my first reaction was like, all right, well, if, if Brock Lesnar a free agent, and he's really interested in fighting, which I don't think that he is. Um, I want to go back to square one, because you know, the initial one that I wanted to come back was him to fight John Jones. And that was the only fight at heavyweight that I think John would fight that isn't um the title fight. You know, it's 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 gonna do big enough business to where obviously he's going to uh and and he's he's going to reap the benefits financially. And quite frankly, I think it's a good matchup for him. You know, I think that he's gonna smoke a dude that he's just way better skilled at it, mixed martial arts. So that's the way I'd want them to go. I don't think Brock Lesnar's gonna fight, though. I think I think it's uh I think it's Fugazi. I just I don't buy it. Like every time we get Brock Lesnar news and Dana's like, Of course I'd be interested in signing Brock Lesnar, it's always just a play for him to get WWE money, which look I'm not hating on Brock Lesnar for that. Look, we all wish that we had that kind of leverage in life where we could always flirt with somebody. I wish that I could always flirt with, you know, Spotify. And they'd be like, oh, you know, Tobin, we'd always love to have you. And that could always up my amount of money with uh, with radio.com. Like, I would, I wish that could be the way, uh, but it's not right now. One day it will be. Um, but for, from this standpoint, Brock Lesnar, look, he's got this leverage. The thing is, though... I wonder with the WWE who I'm sure is like everybody dealing with financial stuff. How much is it? um, How much does it, you know, how much is that deal going to be worth with a, a Brock Lesnar who you can't sign, sell out a local audience to like, he is only on television. You know, you have a lot of people subscribe to that app already. So would this be the time and place where he would actually make the jump if the UFC would offer him something ludicrous? Because, you know they feel like financially their numbers have been pretty good even if it's not what it is with the gate i don't know um i think for a lot of these big combat athletes this is a tough decision like we were talking about with the canelo stuff like you get used to making insane uh, insane amount of money and now all of a sudden that stream isn't there you know that this uh this this thing in life that was guaranteed which is people selling out buildings to go watch you do what you do is no longer a guarantee. You know, it's feels like it's getting back to normal. It feels like we're going to see more experimentation, especially with the football season comes back. And, you know, there being 13,000 people to go see uh, a college football game. You know, we're all, I think, venturing into that stuff in life. You know, I went airboat riding this weekend with my family and it's like, you know, is it, quarantining no but you know look man we've been doing this quarantine thing for nine months it was outdoors you know we did it with two other people on a boat um separated well away from us and you know we were in the middle of the basking sun uh and outside with a with a boat I don't even feel like mucus could survive on that boat um we're all doing this type of stuff so uh, I think for, from that standpoint with big stars, I think they're probably all better off kind of just waiting idly by because I imagine when the demand is there, when, when the ability there, when the ability is there to have events, live events, again, it's almost like your demand will maybe be worth double what it was because people are going to want to have successful live events because. Um, there may be these thought of people not wanting to risk it, you know, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting for, for, you know, teams, uh, I'll deter here a little bit. It'll be interesting for teams that don't have a great product to go watch and season tickets. I wonder how those teams are going to survive, you know, like for example, I, it's going to be a different way of life. I think down here for the Marlins and Panthers who've always kind of struggled with attendance as it is you know now you have on top of it okay you you haven't been a very successful franchise but then on top of it that do people really want to risk to go watch sports when they can watch it at home like it's just another thing like there was already the enemy of uh of TV I think taking away the lot you know the the mystique of wanting to be there live because TV's effing awesome now like it you get this crystal clear picture on your couch, all this type of stuff, the points have been made. Now, add on top of it, also, you don't get disease. You know, like, so I it's interesting because I think those are the teams that the Marlins are getting better. I don't want this to be a, a shot at the Marlins. I'm just saying where their fan bases are right now, which is Panthers and Marlins, very small, very niche. Franchises have been very successful in the past to you look at the Miami Heat, which you know, this, uh, their president has come out and said, not, not Pat Riley, but their, their their business president, Eric Woolworth has come out and and given interviews and said, we only want to come back if we can have everybody there. And why wouldn't they like, they're not only coming off a year where they're about to make the Eastern conference finals, uh, and hopefully finish that job later today. So you're going to, what that would be for season tickets would I imagine be uh, incredible, but Then I add on top of that, this is, you know, now not this isn't just me being the silly sauce with the whale sound stuff. Like they are legitimately with cap space, assets, all that type of stuff is a monster free agent destination. Now, I don't know what that means for, for, you know, what moves they'll make, but if you're a Heat season ticket rep or if you're a season ticket salesperson, you got a lot of stuff to sell. Like this isn't this isn't like it was probably a couple of years ago when you were trying to sell Dion Waiters and San Whiteside. Like and you have poor Jason Jackson sitting in, you know, the the lower bowl of the American Airlines arena. Um and in the same point, you have the Dolphins, whose season tickets have actually been really good lately, but now you have on top of the fact you have Tua Tonga debut and career coming down the pipe. So my point of that all being is um the people the 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 risk now of having to put on live events and making sure people get out there is going to put people like Brock Lesnar, Canelo Alvarez, um John Jones, Conor McGregor, it's going to put them I think even in higher demand because if people are going to, you know, risk going out even if it's not as big a risk and hopefully isn't any risk by the time they go out, but if it is um you're going to want to do it for like a once-in-a-lifetime event uh, or or event that you find very, very much worth your money. So to me, when I heard the Brock Lesnar news, I was like, eh, fighting. Don't buy it. Don't really buy the. I think it's a leverage play. Um but it's good if you're Brock Lesnar to kind of test those waters to know where things are at because I think when time does come for him to make his decision, he's probably going to make a lot of dough. Uh, it, it might even be more prudent for him to kind of sit idly by for a while because he's got a ton of money as it is. So there's that. That's uh that's kind of the the, the whole sh- the the whole deal with that. Uh, a couple of the news and notes. Shout out to our guy Xander Zayas. He got himself a win. He is five and zero. Happy birthday to him. He turned he turned eighteen on Saturday. He got his fifth win. On Friday, obliterated his opponent. Uh, I have that knockout up on my Instagram page. If you guys want to check it out, at Brendan underscore Tobin, B R E N D A N underscore T O B I N. If you want to check that out, so shout out to our guy there and uh, blossoming young career. He's a great young young fella, uh, as nice as can be, and you could do nothing but want to root for the guy and everything that he brings to the table. Um, from UFC Vegas nine, other things that we didn't get to. Oh, OSP. Sick knockout on Alonzo Menefield. Uh so good one for Ovince St. Prue. Did the Wakanda forever afterwards, got himself a bonus. Uh you had Michelle P- uh Pia Hedda, who uh was uh I mean that guy was fun to watch. He was doing like kicks off the cage. He called out he called out uh Jorge Mosfield afterwards. Which I don't think is gonna happen. I mean, we we uh did we even speak of the rumors this week that or was that the, the 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 rumors were uh Masvidal is looking like he's going to take on Nate Diaz in the near future. I think we mentioned it briefly last week. He's probably going to take on Nate Diaz in either December or January next year, which, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, he's coming off the loss to Camaro. To it puts him in line. Him and Kamaru are going to fight about a month apart. You know, whoever comes out of that, do they fight for the welterweight championship? You know, you can see the the direction that's probably going. I think George probably gets an easy win against Nate. He just looks like he's got a more well-rounded skill set. Um, and Nate's not like a drop-dead knockout type of guy. And And so you put on top of the fact they're pretty even boxing-wise. And then you put on Jorge's kicks, full camp. I feel like he gets the win there. Uh, does it have the, the gravitas that the first fight did? I don't think so. I think that's gonna be pretty hard to match just because of what we saw the last time. It would have to be a hell of a sell job by Nate. Like Nate's gonna to have to really get out his uh his tinfoil fans. Cause Nate cause Nate Diaz fans, it's like a cult. Uh the 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 Diaz army, it's real, but they are they'll believe anything they say. You know, everything's a conspiracy, all that type of stuff. Um and then you have Gilbert Burns versus Kamara Usman. Whoever comes out on top. And if Usman loses that fight to to Gilbert, I guess t- depending on how it goes, you know, does he get a uh, you know? Will he get an instant rematch with how he's been his champ? And then of course we have coming up. Uh, There's news this week that Jorge is training with Tyron Woodley. Woodley's going to be fighting Colby Covington coming up pretty soon. And I, Woodley winning that fight, that's not enough to get him in contention. But if Colby wins that fight, you know, he's certainly back in there. And then, you know, everybody, of course, always has to be respectful. and mentioned Leon Edwards, although you have never seen Leon Edwards fight. I don't even, you know, they say he has an eight-fight win streak. But if you've seen Leon Edwards fight, I, I would tell you you're a liar because I haven't seen him fight. I've seen him get his three-piece in a soda from Jorge Masvidal, you know there's a theory of leon edwards. I don't know where he is. You know, they just they he's a guy there. I don't he could be he could be made a character in the UFC game for all I know. Anyway, um so yeah. That was this week. Everybody, I appreciate you tuning in. Again, pregame show starting up in a few hours, 2:15 pregame show, 3:30 tip off, Game 4 Eastern Conference Semifinals, your Miami Heat take it on the Milwaukee Bucks. Jimmy Butler coming to the game in a janitor's outfit. He's bringing his brooms. Duncan Robinson, he's got the Fabuloso. Tyler Hero, he's got the mop in the bucket. Let's get this thing. Go Heat! Fighters Fury. Miss any of the show? Download the podcast. Love you guys. I will be working tomorrow, by the way, just so you know. So win or lost, Heat, I'm not soft. Uh, Leroy and I will be on tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Hopefully, it'll be without pants, and it's a sans pants victory. Labor Day. That's what I'm hoping for, but we'll see. Let's go. Let's see if they can close this thing out today, boys. Uh, Love you guys and talk to you next time.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?